Welcome back to Becoming the Influential Me, the podcast. I'm Michelle Chikando, and today I really want to talk about this idea of strategic workforce planning, <laughs> but not the kind for the company, the kind for you. So I've been away for two weeks. Some of you may or may not have noticed. I hope you have. Um, and one of the things I've realized is I've been having these conversations with senior leaders. The biggest thing on the agenda at the moment seems to be what do we do with the workforce? How do we organize people around an ever-evolving business model? You know, all the large companies are fearful of being disrupted. The smaller companies are fearful of missing an opportunity, a big opportunity to disrupt and also, of course, surviving. And a big thing, a central tenet to all of this is the people. So I'm bringing you the scoop. This week, I want to talk about how, you know, all they're thinking about the business model and it's centered around continue, the continuation of the business. My biggest priority, especially on this podcast, is to make sure I can equip the listeners, you guys, on how you can use all those conversations that are happening in the upper echelons of power to advance your own careers and your own thinking about what you're going to do. So what is happening in the world? Let's have a quick discussion about it. There's the rise of, you know, the gig, the gig economy. Everybody's sort of starting to work for themselves and, you know, the, the Uber model, if you like. Um, there's also the fact of millennials. You know, millennials are now looking for more purposeful work, work that's about sustainability, work that, you know, has a is connected to what people's, what their personal values are. I'm a millennial too, must add. <laughs> what our personal values are. And so that need for purpose is also causing uh, companies to need to rethink um, that emphasis on productivity, productivity, productivity and money and pivot towards purposefulness. And it's become more, it's become a greater opportunity for business in COVID because it has really been about the human connection, even though technology has been on the up. What else has been happening? There's been lower barriers to entry to becoming an entrepreneur. A lot of people have very little to lose um, and have decided rather than working for the man or working for the big machinery, this is now the opportunity for them to find um, work on their terms. So, and the, and the barriers to entry are much lower. You don't need a huge infrastructure in order to start something these days in, in a way that you did need greater infrastructure 20 or so years ago. Also, what else is going on is there is an abundance of knowledge. Right now, I feel like the world is saturated, full of information. And even things like, you know, university master's degrees cannot keep up with the pace at which knowledge can be pumped out in society today. And um, so in my view, universities have almost just become aggregators and, you know, organizers of information rather than, you know, this mind blowing level of knowledge that you're going to get that you can't get on the Google. <laughs> Sorry, but it's true. Okay, what else has been happening? Well, COVID, COVID has happened, and from the business perspective, COVID has happened, and it's reshaped how everything is working. Technology is on the rise, um, and has been uh, has been accelerated in a way that business leaders needed it to. Before it was, we need more technology to facilitate how we're working. Now it's we need people to center around these new technologies that we're trying to use. So it's shifted from tech 
to being about really the people element of it. Also, the command and control way of working is proving futile. You cannot do that as easily on Zoom, for example, as you could do when people were in one building. So it's become a little bit, uh, there's been a, a level of like deregulation, decentralization, sorry, not deregulation, decentralization in terms of how we're working. And this has almost come to a head at the same time as, you know, things like WeWork have come about where people, again, just want to work in an environment where it's fun, they can all dress down, they can have free business, Beer, um, and all that good stuff and it's also again for them it's about survival and not being disrupted um, and because in an instant your business model could become irrelevant so it's about relevance as well so all of that beautiful stuff is happening in, in society in the business world but what does that mean for us well one of the things I've realized is that companies are taking this opportunity to reimagine you know, what their style of working will be, who they will work with. I've heard over the past few weeks, you know, more and more phrases like blended workforce, you know, phrases like the on-demand workforce. And, you know, we've got to work in a more agile way or skills-based hiring where people hire for a particular skill rather than for somebody to have an entire job to themselves. Okay. And why is that, why is that, why is that relevant to us, you and me, the people that are trying to get ahead in their careers? It's relevant because in the same way companies are reimagining how they're working and sort of shifting and pivoting their business models to accommodate that, we also have an opportunity to reimagine what our jobs and our lives are going to look like. So everybody, you know, we, we all heard, you know, when we were younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or I want to be a journalist, I want to be a nurse, I want to be a teacher, whatever it was that you wanted to be. There was this idea that you have one job and you have that one job for life. The world is changing too rapidly to sustain that model. So it's upon it's incumbent upon us to sort of decide how can I make the most of my career to date, the skills that I have, the passions that I have, um, you know, and the business model, the ever-changing business model to create and design the kind of career and the kind of future that I want. Now, does that mean if you design it, you get it? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that when opportunity arises, you're in a better position to be able to take advantage of it. Why is this all so urgent and so necessary right now? Why can't we just wait and see how it happens? Well, the reason is all eyeballs are on the people element in a way that I don't think I've ever experienced before in my own career um, and in, in my history of studying organisations and working in them. Things like suddenly the, the head of HR, the CHR, um, CHRO or the HRD is suddenly the most important ally to the CEO because technology is abundant and it's coming and it's evolving and it's almost like it's on, it's on track it's like it's just rolling over it's like a snowball it's just going now so, so businesses have to worry a little bit less about that because it's almost inevitable but what they do need to worry about right now is having people that are you know um that are ready, that are, that are ready for the change and that are able to adapt to it quickly. So when eyeballs are on us, it's up to us to make the most of that opportunity. And whilst it may not be immediate, i.e. tomorrow, it's up to us to be able to spot opportunities when there's an opportunity in the business for us to be, you know, upskilled, for us to um, show other people how it should or could be done because we've done our research or etc. For us to basically, in a nutshell, be leaders in these environments. 
Okay, so how do we do that? How do we, um, sorry, why do we do that? Why do I need to be a leader, Michelle? Why Why should I be a leader in this environment and show thought leadership in my industry and in my team and in my organization? Well, it's really simple. The the value that you bring dictates the rapid, the pace, sorry, at which your career can go. So if you're able to up the value that you bring just by understanding what is going on around you in your organization, then you can accelerate, you know, the, 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 the pace of your growth and your career growth and your career development. Um, leaders are not looking for people that can, you know, fill in, fill in, fill in spreadsheets or whatever that those days are coming to an end because we have technologies that will be able to do that way quicker than any human can do. But if you can demonstrate your value, if you can demonstrate your value in terms of you being able to think strategically and laterally beyond other people in the organization, you're more likely to get recognized for that and therefore, you know, get that career progression. Okay, so 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 why else do we do this? Because I genuinely hand on heart believe that in 10 years time, the only people that will um, that will still be relevant in the workforce and that will be doing really well are those people that are passionate, that are knowledgeable and that have been able to move with technology, right? That have been able to stay up to date with what is going on and being being able to adapt. I talk, talked about that a few weeks ago about how we can be more adaptable. And I hand on heart believe that that is the way that we can um, advance quickly in a nutshell. And I think those who do not do this will look back at this time and think, what was I doing? How did I miss the curve? Well, now is the time to get on it. Now is the time that we can start. We should really be starting to upskill ourselves, up level our knowledge and begin to make ourselves relevant for the future that is coming. Okay, and that's why. So in 10 years, you're either going to be relevant or you're going to be irrelevant. And you have the opportunity right now to decide where on that line that metaphorical line, you will be standing. Okay, so I want to talk to you about um, some of the things that I think we can do. And it's not one person, it's not, you know, humanity, it's not humanity, it's up to each and every one of us as individuals to sort of adopt this way of thinking, because the future of work is fast becoming, because of COVID and how it's accelerated technology, the now of work, uh, (coughs) excuse me, Plus becoming the now of work. So what are some things that we can do to future-proof our careers? I'm throwing out one of those words again. Um, to future-proof our careers. The first thing I have found, actually, in my own studying and in my own reading, is I was struck by how little I knew. <laughs> um, it's once you start reading and studying and understanding what is going on in the world beyond the conversations that you regularly have, which can become stale and repetitive, you realize how little you know and how much is going on in the world. So the key thing there, the, one of the first things we um, can all endeavor to do is to stop being so insular, right? To stop just reading the same newspapers we read, going to the same sites we go to, but actually trying to expand our knowledge and to expand our understanding of what exactly is going on in the world and how we can be a relevant part of joining that movement in one way, shape or form. I'm not saying that you should join every movement, but it certainly is a time for you to understand what's going on in the world and stop just reading the same things we always read and really understand um, understand what's going on in the world. So 
what's the first bit, what's the first step somebody could take in doing this? Well, the first step to me simply is subscribe to a, you know, a tech journal uh, or a, a tech blog. I, I will list some um, as soon as I, I, you know, if you, if you follow me uh, and my newsletter, I will list some in the newsletter. So you have access um, to some of the journals that I follow. A great person to follow and somebody that I admire so, so, so much is Peter Diamandis. Um, the Abundance series is incredible. And, and and he will link you in with other people that are thinking on the same level and talking about where the world is going. Another one is obviously the future of work, McKinsey, Deloitte, etc. They all publish so much stuff about the future of work and where it is going. So that's the first step. Don't be so insular. Stop reading the same things that you always read and read other things as well. Um, that's the Tip number one. Number two, stop majoring on the minors. Okay, so I've had a lot of conversations recently with either, you know, senior leaders in business and also the women on my course. And what I've realized is the people that are getting ahead are the people that are not trying to stay relevant or, you know, get ahead by doing the same things that they've always done. So, for example, making sure that everything is precise and correct and, you know, to the letter and on the dot on things that are really not relevant or things that need not be done, as it were. So if you focus all your your time, energy and attention on a project and, you know, you give it absolutely 100 percent and then you realise because of COVID it's shifted, they've, they've put, put it back and then you're frustrated because you're like, I worked so hard on this and it's suddenly relevant. Well, this is because we're not lifting up our heads all the time. And actually looking at what's going on in the organization and and as a result of that, attributing our energy in the right way. So what what I mean by this is let us try to major on the major things. So if ever you are thinking about, you know, spending time and, and, and effort, put it into your future. Spend 30 minutes each day thinking about how your career can evolve and move forward. Doing that research instead of reading the newspaper, which talks about things that have happened in the past. Let's read, you know, about things that you can create in the future. And that, for me, is majoring, spending time and devoting time to something that will create a major impact um, in our lives. And also, staying away from minor things. So, for example, so-and-so got a pay rise and I didn't. And then suddenly that takes up all your emotions and all your energy. And it's something that is unlikely to change because you're frustrated by it. The fact that your manager is not doing a good job. Great. Uh, was not great but you know fact that's just the way it is the person is not doing a good job move on and start majoring in the things that actually shape the career that you want no organization is perfect um, no employee is perfect and no employer is perfect so let us just it's, it's about shifting focus towards your goals and shifting focus towards the things that create the outcomes that you want in the future and the thing about understanding you know where you want to be and future proofing your career is you do have to dedicate time to it because if you don't dedicate a specific amount of time to it, it won't happen. There's always work to be done. There's always downtime needed. There's always distractions. So it's about dedicating a certain amount of time to thinking about your future career and also what is going on in the world and how those two things link together. Okay, number three, we have to commit to the process of learning. Now, this one is something that I um, happen to be very good at, actually. I am really good at learning. I genuinely believe there is nothing that I cannot learn. 
There are things that I cannot do, <laughs> but there's nothing that I cannot learn with enough effort. And I say that, you know, whether it be in business, in life, in in love, in, in everything, there is nothing that you cannot learn. Um, but it's about committing yourself, not just to the outcome of what you learn, but to the process itself. The thing is, the people that are going to succeed in the in the future world that is coming very, very soon are those people that are able to learn quickly, teach others and then learn something new again. Um, that adaptability piece, right? So it's not it's not just about what you learn and making sure it's done. I was speaking to somebody yesterday, not yesterday, a couple of days ago, and they said that what brings them joy, what allows them to come alive is knowing that people are doing what they have said. And I thought to myself, well, no, the most important thing is taking that information and giving it to others. If they cannot use it, learning something else and giving them something else because the pace of change can be so swift, not just the pace of change, but the way organizations are set up, um, it, it, everything happens so rapidly. So if you're so committed to what you are learning and wanting everybody to use it, you could find yourself stuck. So it's about actually the process of learning itself is the gift, is the value. What you learn is extra. So it's really about, you know, committing to this idea of, you know, I'm committed to being a lifelong learner. Also, if our careers cannot stay the same and they constantly evolve, that idea of having one career for life is pretty much dead. How else can you use your ability to learn to, to upskill yourself? Like I said earlier, universities are teaching us information that you could have gotten two years ago, and they're just basically aggregators. What information is readily available now that will facilitate your passion and your job, um, turn, sorry, your passion turning into the job of your dreams, right? Combine that with technology and, and you being at the forefront of leadership. Okay. Also, there is another element of learning that um, I think is a fundamental to how we progress in our careers, and that's this idea of unlearning. Okay, sometimes I get wedded to my views. I get wedded to how I think things should be done, and I get wedded to how I think the world should be and how people should react. Um, and at some points in my life, there has been, there has to, there, there had to be a process of unlearning some of those things in order for me to get ahead. Let me give you one example. One of the things that I always believed was I believed that the world of work should be fair, that we should all be promoted on talent, that we should all succeed uh, based on the merit of our work. I had to unlearn that. And the reason I had to unlearn that because was that once I unlearned that belief <laughs> or that, you know, that righteousness, that judgment, was I realized there were things that were going on that I could not see. It went beyond talent because sometimes it's about stability for a business. And the most talented person doesn't necessarily bring the greatest amount of stability or vice versa. Right. And so sometimes people got promoted based on things that we could not see. And I had to let go of this belief of meritocracy. Um, and I understood that it ha business has to be more pragmatic than that. And yes, people do get promoted on talent. But I'm just saying I had to unlearn that. And from unlearning that, I was actually able to have a more enjoyable career. Um, you know, so because sometimes when you look, view things as an injustice, it stops you from performing. So that's just an example of something I had to unlearn in order to get ahead. So my question for you is, what is it that you need to unlearn? Do you need to unlearn that a career is for life? 
Do you need to unlearn that if you wanted to change, it would be too hard? Do you need to unlearn that the only way to change your career, for example, is to go back to university? Do you need to unlearn that, um, you know, colleagues are in your way in terms of getting your promotion? What is it that you need to unlearn about how you get ahead um, and how you can leverage the things around you to allow you to get ahead? What are the things you need to unlearn in order to just skip ahead? Maybe it's unlearning negative thinking, you know, something as basic as that. Unlearning to see all the negatives before you see the positives. That's a that's another one. I hear that quite often. So yeah, so unlearning is a part of that as well. Okay, what is the next thing? Well, it comes up after you've learned and unlearned. Having a clear plan or an idea of what your ideal career could look like is just everything. It's gold. Why? Does it mean if you desire it, you get it? No, it does not. But what it does mean is it allows you to take advantage of opportunities. You might say, Michelle, you said this already. I have, but I need to reinforce it because sometimes we just do not do it. We wait to be told what our careers will look like, what the business will ultimately look like in 15 years, what the industry is looking at, how it's going to be disrupted. And then one day we find that the business has gone bankrupt and we are out of a job and we haven't got any new skills and we're stuck, right? But if you actually have an idea and a plan, you can create contingencies. You can learn new skills that allow you to be more versatile as an employee. You can have a blended approach. Maybe you could even be one person employed by, you know, five different companies. You know, who, once we've unlearned, you know, all these things, these traditional ideas about the way that we should work, we can create something that really, you know, create, facilitates the lifestyle we want to have. So, but, but having that idea doesn't mean it comes up, it will happen for you straight away. It might take time. But the most important thing is have an ideal drawn out. Research what the possibilities for you are. Because like I said, this is a moment to um, capitalize on the possibilities. No, there's a sense of nobody knows. So it's up to each individual to create what it is that they want and then to begin to look for it once you've created it. But not having an idea will mean that you will likely get passed around. With each change, you will be asked to change in the way that suits the business. But if you have a vision for yourself, you'll be better able to articulate it and spot opportunities that may not be presented to you. Um, and that's another thing. Opportunities are unlikely to be presented to us. We have to find them a lot of the time. But if you're not looking, you're unlikely to ever find them. <laughs> Rocket science, I know. Um, so the final thing about how we can future-proof our careers is never, ever, 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 ever must we waste eyeballs there are so many eyeballs on the situation right now. How are we going to work? What is the future going to look like? Um, who's going to be in charge? Who's going to be not in charge? Suddenly, th think about this moment. Suddenly, people that were phenomenal leaders, put them on Zoom, they become incompetent. And so suddenly there's eyeballs on the situation. Is this going to work? Is it not going to work? How can we change this? How can we pivot this? There's a lot of focus on people and we cannot waste this moment. We cannot waste the opportunity that is before us. And that opportunity is for us to be innovative. 
because there are no right or wrong answers. Why? Because this has never been done before. You know, the way that the transfer, business transformation is happening so rapidly at almost every level, tech, human, monetary, you know, every level, and obviously with the, with the added complexity of disruption, it's happening so rapidly that you really have an opportunity to reinvent yourself, your potential future career, and also the possibilities around you are endless. So that is what I would say are the key things to, to, to thinking about how we can future-proof our career careers. You're, you might be thinking, Michelle, um, you know, you, you're starting to almost go over the same ground. And, and I'm doing this intentionally because it's important that we understand it. It's important that we understand how beautiful the potential of this moment is, how big it is, and how much it has to offer us. Only if we take the steps to reimagine it, only if we take the opportunity to create what it is that we want. And, and the creation does not mean, you know, you don't plant today and reap today. But I assure you, if you plant today, if you take the time to spend 15 minutes every day or, or 30 minutes every day to look at the future of your work, the potential of, you know, combining your passion, your skills, you know, what's going on in the business market, you will be a winner win it chicken dinner <laughs> okay and, and that's everything from me today i hope we really do take this opportunity and make sure that 2021 becomes the moment in your life where you designed your careers or out we designed our careers with greater intention with greater understanding with greater research it's no longer the time where we can just walk into a meeting and talk and seem to understand, but it is a time that will require us working a little bit more on ourselves than we are currently doing on our careers. Right, and with that, I will see you guys next week. I'm super loving doing these podcasts. If you want to hear more from me, do sign up for my newsletter. It's www.theinfluentialme.com and you'll get to hear more of what I have to say in writing. And until then, until you sign up for the website or sign up on the website or until I see you again next week, bye. I'm not